Yes, absolutely. The, the eye is not immune and, um, you know, cataracts, macro degeneration, all these things, uh, diet does play a, a role in it as well. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 165. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome, welcome, veggie lovers. This is such an interesting and fun podcast episode for you. I know you're going to love it. I loved it. I had such a fantastic time getting to know Dr. Sylvia Odorsik. But before I tell you more about her, I just want to tell you about the situation I'm in right now. We are in the middle of a very intense heat wave where I live. It's going to be 115 degrees today. Very hot. The air conditioning unit in my office and at my home broke yesterday on the same day. So I am currently recording with a fan on me because it's 85 degrees in my house. So if you hear a little hum in the background, it's the fan that's trying to keep my sweating down as I record this intro. So anyway, I hope that you send me cooling thoughts and really hope that everybody stays safe. I know that this heat wave has hit a lot of places in the country and it is intense. It's very, very intense. Just want to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concern about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a health professional. Dr. Sylvia Odorsik is a Toronto-based, double-board certified MD, certified in lifestyle medicine and ophthalmology. She is also an author and speaker whose sole mission is to revolutionize the current healthcare paradigm through plant-based nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Dr. Sylvia transitioned to a plant-based lifestyle four years ago after being totally burned out and it completely changed her life trajectory. She is a conscious leader who believes that health is our ultimate portal into spirituality and self-fulfillment. Dr. Sylvia offers lifestyle medicine consultations and personal health coaching virtually as well as evidence-based online plant-based nutrition course for anyone wanting to totally overhaul their nutrition. Finally, she is currently training for her first solo marathon and of course, running purely on plants. I love it so much. And for all of you listening, this of course was recorded before it aired. And today is supposed to be the day that Dr. Sylvia runs her solo marathon. So I have run 13 half marathons and two full marathons all of them except for one half marathon, my very first, on a plant-based diet. 
And let me tell you, running a marathon is not easy. It is not easy. It definitely takes some persistence and grit. And for her to do it by herself, that's a whole nother level of grit. So Dr. Sylvia, we're cheering you on. We're applauding for you. You can do it. Can't wait to see the pictures of you when you finish your marathon. This episode, we talk about her journey, how she discovered plant-based nutrition. It's a very good story. We talk about her passion for lifestyle medicine, the link between diet and eye health, because she is an ophthalmologist, so that is a physician who treats the eyes. It is connected to the rest of our body, so she's going to tell us how. We also talk about her athletic pursuits, how she decided to run a marathon, her very first marathon, and then we start talking about plant-based nutrition, how it's linked to spirituality and self-fulfillment. We get a little deep in this area. And we talk about human design. So if you haven't heard about it, yeah, it's different. No, it's not evidence-based, but it's interesting. So if you are interested in learning about those kinds of things and, and you like the abstract way of thinking about yourself and the world, then you might be interested in that. So this is a great episode. I just really fell in love with Dr. Sylvia. She's so positive. She has such great energy. And, you know, that's why I love doing this podcast, because I get to meet some of the coolest people in the world, including you, my listeners. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you so much for writing reviews about the podcast and sharing it with your friends and family who you think this would benefit. I really, really appreciate. Thank you for being here week after week. Without further ado, I welcome Dr. Sylvia Odorsik. Dr. Sylvia Odorsik, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you so much, Dr. Yami. I am beyond excited to dive in today. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Well, I met you on Clubhouse. I don't even remember what room we were in, but I, I love being on Clubhouse because it's a really fun place to meet people, but also see the energy and feel the energy that they have when they speak. And immediately after I heard you speak, I'm like, I want her on my podcast. I didn't know very much about you except that you eat plants, which is a big plus for me. So tell me, I'm just excited to hear about you, your story, your journey, and all of these cool things I found about you after I started searching your website. So tell me, how did you discover plant-based nutrition and how has it altered the trajectory of your life? I love that question. First of all, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And yeah, I think it was a clubhouse room. I think it was on gut health that we were speaking, but clubhouse is so fun. Um, So the question you asked is like a question that speaks so dear to my heart. Um, For me, my plant-based journey started off uh, four years ago. So I actually watched a documentary called What the Health, um, which is an amazing documentary on Netflix for anyone that hasn't seen it. But I was, and I'll never forget the day, I was taking some uh, chicken and I was trying to like cut the fat off. And just thinking like, what, you know, what can I immerse myself into today? And the documentary is called What the Health. And I had just sort of finished my medical training, a decade of medical training. Uh, You know how it is. It takes forever. Um, So I was, I was doing that. And then all of a sudden I put on the documentary and immediately was just mesmerized by what I saw. I sat on my couch that evening and did not move. And what shocked me was that 
I had just finished a full decade of medical training and nobody had mentioned the power of plant-based nutrition to prevent, treat, and reverse disease. So for me, it was the first time that I'd ever heard this in my life. And I started Googling all of the MDs and, um, you know, vegan ultra athlete, rich role, and all these people that were in the documentary to see is this for real? Like, is there evidence backing this? And I started to go down the rabbit hole that night. I was Googling for hours. I was just, I was literally filled with this like excitement and energy. And I basically transitioned to a plant-based lifestyle overnight, except for fish. So I kept fish on for a month. um, But that was because my own family doctor told me to do so. And that's sort of a different story. But um, yeah, for me, it started because I really wanted to optimize my health. And as a physician, what better way to do it than with nutrition? Yeah. And I love hearing from physicians that experience the same thing you did because it is a shock to the system, isn't it? Like you hear this information and you're like, this is either not real or I've been duped in medical school and people left out a bunch of information that's important. So, you know, is it that a weird place to be where you're just like, how could I have never heard any of this before? So what were the emotions that you were going through when, when you were having, you know, this experience? That is such a good question. And I love the way that you said that duped. Like I felt like I was in a video game or like in the matrix where someone said, just a second, all the stuff that we taught you, that's all great and dandy, but we forgot you to, we forgot to teach you about like the fundamentals that will actually treat chronic disease. Like, oops, You had 10 years, but we didn't have time to fit it in. So honestly, the emotions that were running through me was just disbelief and almost a sense of like, I don't know, pissed off, like just, just feeling like I'd been through so much through medical training and I'd sacrificed my own health, sleepless nights, processed food, all the rest of it. And I wish I had known this, not only for myself, but for my patients. Like, I just felt like it wasn't fair. Yeah, because you became a doctor to help people, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I think that it's not our fault that our medical training leads us down an approach that's centered on treating the symptoms either with medicine or surgery, And I think because of that, it also leads the public to become skeptical too. And that's why they think all doctors just go to medical school to just make a ton of money, which from my experience, every doctor I've met, they've gone to medical school, they've become a doctor because they want to help people. And if you don't have that information of the important foundation, the upstream concepts of helping people you do feel like you're not able to change people's lives the way that you were craving to when you first went into medicine. Don't you think? Uh, No, absolutely. Like you just hit the nail on the head there. Um, It's almost like, I don't know if you've seen that meme or that cartoon where like someone is trying to sop up um, like a leak, right? Or like they're putting band-aids over a wound that keeps leaking or like trying to sop up or mop up a leak, but nobody is asking, like, where's the leak coming from? Like, where's the origin of it? Let's address the origin 
and the actual issues at play here, like people's lifestyle, their habits, things that they do day in and day out, because it's easy to like, it's easy to give a prescription, right? But that, and that may address some of the symptoms, but whatever, whatever the root causes is left untreated. And that, that creates problems down the road. So I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Exactly. Okay. So you discovered plant-based nutrition, you adopted it overnight. You made some pretty significant changes. How did it start affecting your career and what you were telling patients at that point? So, yeah, that's a great question. I, so I'm actually trained as um, an ophthalmologist, and then I became certified in lifestyle medicine. So in the ophthalmology practice, um, it's a very high-volume, busy practice. And sometimes you get, you know, 10 minutes at most with a patient. And a lot of the patients we see have chronic disease, like diabetes, and that's why they come to us. But, you know, I felt frustrated because, you know, I could help them. I can give them an injection or do a laser for their retina, for their, for their retinopathy. But then I had no time to actually address, like, how's your, how is actually your insulin control? Like, how, what, are, what are your lifestyle habits like? And I knew that person would be back in two weeks or four weeks for a repeat injection. And it really bothered me to my core. I mean, I was happy to give them sort of the medical treatment at the time, which was preventing blindness and improving their vision. But ultimately, I just felt like there were all these unanswered questions and I just needed more time. Um, And that's where lifestyle medicine came in, because then I I found out about lifestyle medicine and I was like, okay, well, here's this subspecialty that is a perfect reflection of what I'm doing in my life. And that's resonating big time and that I can apply to my patients. So then I was like, I got to get certified as a lifestyle medicine physician. And I got to learn more about plant-based nutrition. So I did the course through eCornell and it kind of spiraled through there. I love it. That's so beautiful. I think a Um, lot of people probably don't see the connection between the eyes and the rest of the body. And mm -hmm. I always say lifestyle medicine applies to every specialty and subspecialty regardless because it touches it touches everything whether you're going to have to do surgery for somebody's gallbladder or you know somebody has retinopathy it all it's all connected it's all related so have you now that you are a lifestyle medicine certified doctor do you have opportunities now where you feel like you can talk to your patients, even with those short time frames? Have you been able to find strategies where you can start integrating it into your ophthalmology practice? Yeah, I love that question. So to be quite frank, I've tried, but it is hard. Um, even if I have 30 seconds or a minute at the end, I may just, you know, tell them, Hey guys, like here's forks over knives, or have you seen the game changers? Um, are you thinking of getting more veggies on your plate? But again, I don't think the setting is just not appropriate. There's no time. Um, it has to be something that's done in, in a longer time frame, which lifestyle medicine allows, and there has to be an extended focus on it. So I'm sure you've noticed this with your own patients is that to make lifestyle changes, like this isn't like one or two visits. This is consistent visits and accountability for an extended period of time. So although, again, I've tried incorporating little bits and pieces into the ophthalmology practice, I think that 
where I really, you know, resonate with patients and see massive changes is when I work with them one-on-one through lifestyle medicine separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm also a certified coach. And one of the things that I know for sure is that habit formation, behavior change, it takes time. It takes time. It takes several trials. It takes trying different things. We can't just decide one day, okay, we're going to do this. And then it's just perfect. That's just not the way we work as humans. Our brains don't work that way. And plus we're surrounded by an environment that is pushing us away from healthy habits, unfortunately. So we have to be even stronger about our devotion and our determination to change our behaviors and adopt healthy habits. Yes. No, totally agree. I think we have to have, I like to say it's like a laser-like focus on your health. And whatever sort of drives you to maintain that health, whatever your why is, has to be your anchor. So for me, it is giving other people permission to be healthy by showing up healthy. It's fulfilling my life purpose on this planet. And it's showing my kids what a strong, confident person is who wants to increase their longevity and fulfill their life purpose. So, but each person, I think it's so important to dig deep and figure out what is your why for why you want to live a long and healthy life. And that will always be your beacon. So even when you face stressors, disease, life transitions, lack of motivation, like you just come back to that why and that'll anchor you. Yeah. That's your North star. It guides you. It pulls you in that direction. I love that. Well, briefly for those that aren't aware of the link between diet and eye health, can you give us some examples of how and why what we eat really matters for our eyes? Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, eyes, like every other part of the body, they will experience inflammation, they will experience oxidative damage, um, and it shows up in unique ways. So we have a lens inside the eye that eventually becomes a cataract. I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard of a cataract. They know someone that's had a cataract removed. And basically, that is the result of oxidative damage. So um, damage from ultraviolet light, but also from food. So cross-sectional studies have shown that when you eat a more plant-predominant diet, you have decreased oxidative stress and there's less incidence of cataract, for example, Um, as well as things like macular degeneration. So macular degeneration as well is something that we think of, oh, it's an aging change. Everyone's going to get macular degeneration. But it's, it's so not true. In fact, one of the most incredible stories is I saw this man, I believe he was in his early 90s, but he literally had the eye. When I examined his eye, his eye looked like the eye of a 60-year-old. His lens was virtually clear. It had some very light, what we call nuclear sclerosis. Um, he didn't have any signs of microdegeneration. His vessels were healthy at the back of the eye. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, give us, <laughs> give us, give us your, you know, your life prescription. And he honestly, he was doing something that the blue zones do. So he said he had social connection and friends. He was moving his body every day and he was meditating and eating mostly plants. That's what he told me. And this was, this was before I was plant-based and I, and that never left my mind. I kept thinking, okay, if this man's eye looks 30 years younger, then obviously the rest of his body would be the same. So 
Yes, absolutely. The the eye is not immune, and um, you know cataracts, macro degeneration, all these things. Uh, diet does play a, a role in it as well. And what's the link between diabetes and blindness, or the problems that we start having when we have diabetes? Yeah, so that's a great question, and I do see a lot of patients with diabetes in my practice. So. Unfortunately, just like the vessels are affected in other areas, so people with diabetes have more cardiovascular disease, um, they have erectile dysfunction, all these things, the same, the same uh, vascular issues happen in the eye. So they get something called um, diabetic retinopathy. So that's basically where they have this abnormal growth of this leash of vessels. And the vessels unfortunately bleed they leak fluid. And so diabetics will often come down with macular edema, which is swelling at the back of the eye, and they can acutely lose vision overnight. And it's nasty. They go from 20-20 vision to like 20-80 or 20-100 vision. Um, if they have a bleed in the eye, they can literally go to count fingers or only light perception vision overnight. I mean, it's it's a bad situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's just the end result of the, um, you know, glucose dysregulation and, you know, they, they, they do, they can have blindness absolutely if it's not treated properly. So yeah. Yeah. Lifestyle is so important. So yeah. Not, not fun. Definitely. And our vision is so important to, for our activities of daily living and our social connections. I mean, it's so important. And a lot of people don't realize how these chronic conditions can affect our vision and can affect our vision so permanently and so dramatically. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. But I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about athletic pursuits. So you are currently training for your first marathon. And I know that you were excited to talk about the connection between nutrition and athleticism, and in particular, how your nutrition has impacted your training. So tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, so I became part of a coaching program run by Jesse Itzler. So if you're not familiar with who Jesse Itzler is, uh, definitely look him up on Instagram. He is a plant-based entrepreneur, like just someone that wants to live their life to the fullest. And he has a coaching program called Build Your Life Resume. So when I became part of the coaching program this year, he's like, okay, guys, we are going to do one massive event each year that's going to be like your life, um, a life-defining and a year-defining event for you. And it could be a physical thing. It could be a mental thing. But for me, I chose a marathon because um, I literally had not run more than 5K. Like, 
I, I was not a runner by any means. I'm not a runner by any means. I wasn't. I am now. And I thought, okay, let's try to do something completely outside of my comfort zone. That's going to make me really nervous. <laughs> so I chose a marathon because the goal seemed really big. Um, and it is. And I started training for it about four months ago, and it's been one of the most incredible experiences for me, Um, not only in terms of sort of how to properly nourish your body and hydrate yourself, but how to really dial in your mindset and form resiliency and grit. And I think those are those are values that we should have as physicians, that we should teach our patients and that we should be teaching our next generation, because without it. Um, you know, we'll just succumb to chronic disease and chronic stress. So it's been super, super fun training for it. And one thing I noticed was that like, as I was training for it and doing my longer runs, I knew other people that were in in similar training programs and they weren't, they're not plant-based and they were having, you know, lots of inflammation and they're trying to treat themselves post-recovery with like ice baths and massages And I was also using, you know, sort of foam rollers and uh, tarragon for massage, but I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. And I felt like my recovery was very good so that I can, I could train consistently. And that sort of um, interval between the runs, I was able to sort of dial down my inflammation. And I think that nutrition has a lot to do with it because as your listeners probably know, a whole food plant-based diet is so, so optimal for your body and it is anti-inflammatory and you're giving yourself all the, the micronutrient density and all the, all the stuff that your body needs to thrive basically. So I found it amazing. It's been so fun. Congratulations. That's so wonderful. And I think we have plenty of evidence now that athletes can be plant-based and thrive. Like it's not just possible, but they can just really dominate out there. There's plant-based athletes popping up in every sport now, and they're doing incredible. But that's what I hear over and over again, too, is that recovery time is shorter, less inflammation, you're ready to get back at it sooner than you did before, and all of that. When is your marathon, and where is it going to be? So it's, um, it's a solo marathon, so there's no official races in Toronto and so far it's set for July 18th. If all goes well, I'm going to do it July 18th and I'm going to have my family meet me at different sort of time points. And I just can't wait because I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard, but at the same time, I think that if a goal isn't big enough, it's not going to scare you. And it's not going to excite you. So the only way that we can grow is to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and just watch ourselves unfold and blossom from there. And if you're not doing that, then you're either stagnant or you're going backwards because everyone else is everyone else is trying to grow. Right. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I always say discomfort is the catalyst for growth. So unfortunately, We have to go through that discomfort if we want to significantly grow in any area. And it's true for the human body too. The way that our muscles grow, the way that our bones get stronger, it's all through stress. So we have to have a, a, some amount of discomfort in order to make things a little bit better, a little, you know, grow a little bit more in certain areas. So I'm super excited for you. And actually Aww, this podcast you. is supposed to air on July the 18th. So oh, hopefully we'll God, have lots that's... of good energy as people listen to this and cheer you on. 
Super fun. Oh my God, that's such synchronicity. I love that. <laughs> Very happy. That's great. <laughs> Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Well, let's shift again. Speaking of synchronicity, let's talk about spirituality and how have you connected plant based nutrition to spirituality? and self-fulfillment? So this is probably my favorite question of all time. Um, so for me, this evolved just naturally. Um, you know, growing up, we went to church and stuff, but obviously I think as you get older and you get into med school and stuff, sometimes the spirituality just either isn't there or it's just not a priority. And it was a natural evolution of going plant-based. So when I got, went plant-based, I started to care not only about my own body and what I put on my plate, but like, I start to think about where did my food come from? Who created this food? Um, is this a sustainable practice? What is all this stuff about agriculture and is a plant-based diet the best way to support and sustain our planet, like for our next generation, for our children? And I start to have all these sort of bigger picture questions that just never had come into play before. And at the same time, I felt like when I nourish myself with the best food, that was sort of the highest form of self-respect and self-love that I could give myself. And when your physical body is optimized, then the mental clarity and the spirituality, I think it just flows from there. Um, you know, I tell my, my patients and my coaching clients, like, how can you possibly expect to have mental clarity and not be in brain fog all day if you're eating ultra processed foods? Like it's, if you're feeding yourself refined sugar and refined grains and, saturated fat. I mean, what is that doing to your arteries? What is that doing to your cells on a cellular level? Um, what is that doing for your mood? I mean, studies have shown that mood is so intricately linked to how many veggies you have on your plate, right? So I think the for me, the plant-based lifestyle checks all these boxes. And so spirituality was just a natural evolution. And I, as I start to care for myself and the planet, um, yeah, I started to, I started a meditative practice. I started journaling. Um, I started thinking about my legacy stuff that, that I never had thought about before. Wow. That's so cool. And I agree. I definitely feel that you have to feel good in your body in order to have that well-being, that fulfillment that you're seeking with your mind as well, you know, because yeah. the mind connected to the body. And a lot of people forget that too. Just like we think the eye is like this separate thing. It's just like there, <laughs> yeah. our brain is connected. It's all the same blood going through. And if we don't feel good in our body, often we're not thinking as well, or we're depressed or anxious, not feeling as good. So optimizing what we're eating, how we're living, the stress reduction techniques can really help put our mind in a place where we're able to think of what else do I want to do? Maybe not just for myself, but for the world. What's my next step? You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. I just want to echo what you said there. Like, I think when you are not healthy, your, your worldview is only on yourself because 
you can only see your own pain, your own discomfort, your own disease. But when you become healthy, you free up that time and that space to serve the world. And one of the most beautiful things is just finding out what you're passionate about and serving the planet at large. And we can only do that if we're healthy. Like, let's be honest, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. I think, think it really helps, especially for the things that we have control over. And a lot of people don't feel like they have as much control as they do. There's obviously mm-hmm. going to be things that are outside of our control, but there's a lot of things that people don't realize are within our control, that we have the ability to make the choice to eat more whole plant foods, decrease our risk of chronic disease by 80, 90%, which is a lot, you know, it's not going to be a hundred percent, but a lot, a very, very high percentage. Yes. So do you feel like you're, you're kind of talking about your childhood and you were raised a certain way. Do you feel that your transition to plant-based nutrition kind of opened up your paradigm to a new way to approach spirituality? And have you discovered new things in that journey? Yeah, I mean, I have. Um, I just, you know, I started to immerse myself in podcasts and books that were just spiritual. And I mean, one of my favorites is Eckhart Tolle, um, A New Earth. So I think I read that a couple months after I started my plant-based lifestyle. And it's just so, so mind-opening, like just to think about what consciousness is and human consciousness and how we can live beyond ourselves and creating a legacy. And again, I, I don't know if I would have found that with like would have found that outside of the plant-based lifestyle, I think that they kind of go hand in hand. So, um, yeah, I just, I started following people on Instagram that are, you know, amazing spiritual teachers and it just started to unfold. It was, it was magical. I don't even know how it happened. I love that. Well, you know, one thing that I've talked about and one thing that I've contemplated before is whenever you adopt a plant-based diet, it seems so radical and so paradigm shifting compared to what everybody else is doing that it opens your brain up to new possibilities and new things like never before. Cause you're like, well, I'm already doing this super different thing <laughs> than everybody else. So why not? Let me just, I'm curious about this. Let me just explore this. It, it's like your open-mindedness goes up a little bit to be able to explore and learn about different ways of thinking, different ways of being different paradigms. It wasn't until I went plant-based that I learned about minimalism you know, I don't know if I would have learned about minimalism before that, because it's a very different way of thinking and approaching the world and approaching things and stuff and money. And so I feel like it's just like that one door opens and suddenly all these other possibilities open up in front of you that you can choose from and explore and play with and evolve. Yeah, I I love it. I so love what you said. Um, you're right. It, it shifts your paradigm completely because you start to look at, you start to re-examine your past and your conditioning. Um, at least that's what happened to me. So you, you start here, like I, I remember hearing a podcast, um, or I, I think on Rich Roll where Melanie Joy was talking about carnism. And I was like, carnism, what, like, what is this? Like, why do, why am I not okay with, you know, murdering my dog and serving my dog on a, <laughs> for dinner, but I'm okay with buying these, faceless pieces of meat wrapped up in like plastic. And I'm, I'm okay with eating that. 
And actually, one thing that I've been doing lately is I've been going through old photos. So I asked my parents to show me like photos growing up. And I, I found like the most incredible stuff. Um, and I would recommend this for anyone that's like looking to get in touch with themselves and examining their conditioning. Like I found photos of myself playing with animals and even chickens that my grandma used to have in Croatia and all these things. And at the time as a child, like you're so innocent, right? That, that was not a piece of meat for me. That was an animal, a sentient being, a thing that had feelings. I was hugging it. I was playing with it. And at some point that chicken became a piece of meat on my plate and it was never talked about. It was just served to me. Um, and I accepted it. And looking back now, I'm like, that's not, that's not who I really am. Like my true spirit is one where I, I respect and accept all sentient beings and I would never want to do them harm. And so that played a, a big part into sort of, it started off, I guess, as a plant-based health obsession and it migrated into ethical veganism. Yeah. So your words, I'm just feeling like butterflies at the pit of my stomach. And you said just a very important word, a very important concept, which is conditioning, because I'm very similar to you. So my family in Panama are dairy farmers. And I grew up every summer with my grandparents and I would go to the farm. And I remember because the cows were just, you know, they're just out in the pasture and I would go up to the fence and I would, they would just be there. They would want to come up to me and I would just stare into their big, brown, beautiful eyes with these big lashes. And I would be thinking like, is this right? This is something we should do. And I remember my brain saying, no, you have to do this. This is the healthy thing to do. This is the right thing to do. But I think that that was that part of my brain my thinking, my beliefs that had been conditioned because my soul was questioning it from a very young age. My soul was questioning it. Is this the right thing to do? Should I have you here in a field, basically own you? I own your body. You're my property so that I can take your milk. Is this right? And my brain was like, yeah, yeah, that's what you have to do. This is how yeah. you, that's how you stay healthy. You know, it's, it's just amazing how we grow up and where we pass it down to our kids too. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. So I think one thing that, that has helped me forgive, because sometimes, you know, it brings up feelings of like, well, why, why did this happen? Like, why, why did people tell me these, these mistruths or why did my parents, you know, fall into this conditioning or paradigm? But then yeah, you have to accept the fact that that's just how the society was functioning at the time. And in breaking the paradigm, you, me, your listeners, we all have the capacity to completely shift the paradigm for the future generation. So what before was completely normal, like drinking dairy milk, cow's milk, is now becomes foreign or something that we know is not healthful and also is like a detriment to, to the animals and to our planet. So I think it's so powerful that when you, when you are the break in conditioning, all the generations going forward feel those effects. So it's a generational shift. And I don't know anything more powerful when it comes to legacy than changing that paradigm. Mm. Oh, that is so perfectly said, so beautiful. And I'm just imagining this ripple you're creating this ripple effect that 
goes down through the generations when you make those changes. And no, I don't feel, I, I never feel like I'm blaming my parents or my grandparents because I understand the situation. I understand that they were all immersed in the same paradigm too. It's just interesting. It's just interesting to think about how, because a lot of people yeah, don't think that deeply. They're just like, no, this is just the way it is. They don't think about why it is the way it is and how in two completely different cultures, the way it is can be completely different. So what does that mean? What's right and what's wrong? I mean, we could have like a very deep philosophical yes. conversation here about this, but it, it is just really, really interesting. But yes, I, I want to talk totally, about human design totally. because this is very interesting as well. And oh I God. have heard talks of it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely there's groups on Clubhouse that talk a lot about this too. I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't looked into it. But I saw that on your website, you had mentioned it. And I'm like, let me just look into this. I want to know more about this. And, you know, speaking of the rabbit hole, I spent several hours delving into it, figuring out my energy type and all this. So tell me, how did you discover this? And can you just give us a brief explanation of what it is and how has it helped you in your life? And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. I'd love to. Um, actually, before I do that, though, can you tell me what you are? Like, what, which, um, which subtype are you? Are you like a generator? I'm a emotional projector. Oh, I think that's pretty rare. I don't think, I don't think that 21%. Yeah. 21% of people. So, so I think you're, um, you're fairly rare, but, um, oh my God, I love this question. So, okay. So this is how it, this is how it happened for me. I know I did the same thing. Like I literally went down the rabbit hole with this. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, I got into 
into spirituality and one of my one of my mentors and spiritual coaches her name is Natalia Benson and she is this incredible um, woman that has courses I've taken her courses and I do some of her meditations online but basically she was giving a class on human design and I was like what the heck what is human design but again as you mentioned I'm like well I'm going to be open to it because well I'm a plant-based doctor, like I'm doing all these things, right? So let's just try and see what this is all about. And I remember Wikipedia it and it said it was a pseudoscience. So I was like, is this just some BS? Like, what is this? Um, but at the same time, I was, I think I was open-minded and I wanted to learn more and human design. Um, basically it's like you fill out some information and it gives you a body graph. Now I do not know the ins and outs of the body graph, but it does give you a sort of a dominant type that you are. So there are generators, there are reflectors, projectors, Um, So you're given sort of a category and I'm a generator. So generators are the majority of the population. And basically it, it gives you sort of a roadmap of how to approach your career, how to approach your life. And for me, what was amazing was just tapping into the fact that generators are very intuitive. So generators really combine the heart and the mind to, um, to fulfill their life purpose. And that really spoke to me. Like, I love that. So it's kind of been a fun exploration. Um, it's gotten me out of my like super critical thinking medical mind. And just another thing to add to, you know, spirituality and, and if nothing else, even if it is complete BS, I think it's a way to tap into yourself and figure out like, how do you best function? what resonates with you and what lights you up. And when we can find those things, then we can become very powerful at what we do. Yes. You know what I think is amazing about all this stuff? I'm just going to admit, and for my listeners, because I have a couple listeners that have reached out to me. I did an episode on Enneagram, which I love so much. And some listeners were not too happy because they wanted me to just talk about pure evidence-based psychology and, and this kind of stuff. But what I say is if something helps you and it works for you and it's not harming anybody else, then it's not a problem. I don't think everything in yeah, life has totally. to be evidence-based. I have been into astrology and palm reading oh my God, since I, I was that. a kid. And it comes from it comes from my Latin American roots because in Panama, even though I was raised as a Catholic, we have a lot of mysticism as well. And so it just it's just natural. We would interpret dreams like every morning. Me and my grandma interpret dreams, and she would pick her lottery ticket numbers <laughs> based upon our dreams. But I think what's really cool about this stuff, whether it's evidence based or not. The word you said that was most important is resonates. So whenever you approach these things and you try to apply it for your life, I think it, it's almost like this right-brained abstract thing where it gives you permission to honor parts of yourself yeah. that may go against the totally. grain. I don't know if that makes any sense, but when whenever you see something that resonates with you, but it's maybe not the way that society tells you you're supposed to be, but then you read something like 
you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. Now I can accept myself more and I can learn how to work with this, even though nothing changed. Your personality is the same. You're the same person. But now you've given yourself permission to be that person and to figure out how to be that person in this world based upon your dreams and what you want to create in this world. So I think all of these things can be useful. It's just really about how you interpret it, how you apply it and what resonates with you. Oh my God. I, I totally love, like you've encapsulated it perfectly. Um, yeah, it's just picking tools and techniques that are going to make you become your best self. And to me, I do not need a cross-sectional study to tell me that if human design is making me tap into my creative process, then I'm going to do it. I don't, yes. I, I don't need a study to back that up. So, And you don't need that. a study to show you that you're feeling joy and that you have the well-being you desire. You don't need that. You have your own intuition to tell you that. And apparently your intuition yeah. is very strong. So yay, yeah. winner on all sides. <laughs> well, one thing that I thought yes. was cool that it said about me being a projector, which is something that I've believed for a while, is that I'm here to be a guide. I've embodied that for a long time. But the part that was super creepy and cool at the same time was that it said projectors the best way to be aligned with that guidance is to wait for an invitation. And I intuitively have discovered this over the past years, that I'm not here to be in people's faces and tell them how to live their lives. I'm here to be present. And when people come to me and they desire my guidance, my knowledge, I can give it to them. And I think that's what this podcast is too. Like I just put it out there and people find it. And I think that that's yeah. perfect as far as like my projector energy profile. So I'm definitely going to look more into it and learn more about it. But thank you so much for writing that on your yes, website so that beautiful. I could learn about something new. <laughs> well, what do you wish more people knew? So I think if I could just give one message to people, it would be that lifestyle habits are something that you sort of embody and you add like layers of foundation for your life for the rest of your life. And the more that you add them, the better you become at maintaining them. So it's an, it's an amazing process. It's like building a foundation for your success. I, I envision it like a house. So you, you have to lay it brick by brick and eventually the foundation becomes very strong and then you can add habits fairly successfully. But at the beginning, it's definitely not easy and you're going to have ups and downs. So like even for me, like as I did my marathon training, I start to slip up with my nutrition. Like I start to eat more um, late at night and because of my runs, I would be so exhausted. So I'd be like eating tons of food at night. And I knew that that wasn't me. But at the same time, I was able to reel back those habits much quicker than I would have, let's say five years ago. So yeah, I just want everyone to sort of honor where they are, realize that it's a lifelong process. And also realize that as you continue to add habits, you're going to get better and better. And that's going to build confidence and momentum. Oh, that's so perfect. That's so amazing. Because we're never going to be a place where we're perfect. And I think perfectionism sometimes leads us astray in feeling that everything has to be perfect, everything is black or white, but it's not. It's, it's like you said, more about laying that foundation, tweaking, changing things as you go. I call it life editing. You know, you have to reevaluate. Okay, how am I doing in this area? How am I doing in this area? Make little tweaks along the way. 
Love that. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I love that. Well, what personal <laughs> habit are you most proud of and why? Um, I think for me is just, I mean, honestly, I was probably initially most proud of my nutrition, but it's been sort of four and a half years in the making. Now I'm more, more proud of my fitness. So once I had that nutrition sort of dialed in, I was able to focus on my fitness. And at first it was just getting that cardiovascular in, just getting in, you know, two or two and a half hours a week, which is the physical activity guidelines. And then I started some resistance training two, three years back and now the marathon. So that just keeps building and growing. And I'm so proud of myself because if you would have seen me in medical school, I was like the quintessential book nerd, had never gone to the gym, hadn't exercised for 10 years. It was ridiculous. Like it was just absurd. So to see myself then and now is just like, wow, all these, all these habits are really making a, a big difference. Total transformation and anything is possible. sounds like never give up people. Totally. <laughs> so you can start where you totally. are. Totally. Well, Dr. Sylvia, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I would love to know how listeners can connect with you and what products and services you currently offer. It's been honestly so much fun. I think we had a lot of like sort of in-depth conversation too around spirituality. So it's been so fun. Um, in terms of connecting, I'm very active on Instagram. So my handle is at drdr.sylvia, S-I-L-V-I-A dot M-D. Um, and I have recipes there. I've got lots of mindset stuff, fitness stuff, marathon training. So come and connect and say hi through DM. I, I honestly, I love to connect with people and just form friendships and mentorships. It's so fun. Um, in terms of my offerings, um, I actually have an online plant-based nutrition course and this is the course I wish I had four years ago when I was starting my journey. It is all evidence-based. It's self-paced. You can take it online anytime. And it teaches you all the techniques and tools that I use with my own lifestyle medicine patients and clients. And it's all in there. Everything from macros and whether or not to have oil in your diet, intermittent fasting, mindfulness, like we cover it all. So for anyone that's really wanting to overhaul their nutrition, um, the link is my, is in my Instagram bio for that. And the other offering that I have is, um, personal lifestyle medicine consultation. So I do that online virtually. So if you want to work with me personally, um, I would love, I would absolutely love that. It is an honor for me to see people transform their lives. Like it has been one of the most amazing things that's resonated with me is just working with people and seeing them make substantial lifestyle changes. And sometimes all we need is a framework and an accountability partner. And so if anyone's looking for that and is ready to really up-level their health and their life, um, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> Fantastic. And do you accept clients from all over the world for that? Yes, I do. Um, so I'm based in Toronto, Canada, but um, I work with people all over the world. Most of my clients are in the States and in Canada, but um, I've also had some clients in Germany and elsewhere. So time zone is not an issue. Um, the other place to connect is my website and it's under the same name. So drsylviamd.com and that's got my courses and my coaching and all the things. Excellent. Well, this has been fantastic. Before you leave, I would love if you leave us with one call to action for the week. What is one thing that we can do this week to improve our health and well-being? 
Oh, I love this question. So I would say to tap into your spirituality, whatever that means for you. Maybe it's just saying three gratitudes when you wake up. Maybe it is buying that amazing journal that you've been waiting for all this time and doing a stream of consciousness for 10 minutes in the morning. Or maybe it's just taking a walk and being alone with your thoughts. But I want everyone to try this week to really dial in their alone time, their spirituality and their gratitude. And honestly, for me, I found my best, most creative ideas are flowing when I'm in that sort of meditative alone space. So... Let's do that, guys. I love it. What a beautiful call to action. What a beautiful message you have to share with the world. I really am grateful for the time that we've had together today, and I hope that someday we get to meet in person. So Dr. Sylvia Odorsik, thank you so much, and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Yami, it's been a pleasure, and we absolutely will make it happen. veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.